Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast. We're glad you're with us. John Morris alongside Brooke Bednars, and we're pleased to have with us this weekend uh, Felicia Mulkey, Baylor acrobatics and tumbling head coach, one of the uh, the real Pied Piper for the sport of acrobatics and tumbling, winners of five consecutive national championships. And, Coach, you had your season cut short this year, but you were ranked number one, can we say, six straight national championships, or do we have to wait till next year for that? I, you know, I think we'll wait, although I, they were on a great, uh, a great path. I think it would have been tough down the stretch because um, – you know, we had Oregon and Azusa, so those two were left. Azusa Pacific looked really, really good this year. But I believe if we had kept on our trajectory, we may have had a six. But we'll, you know, not to jinx us, we'll wait until next year to call it that. All right, we'll wait. We'll we'll hold off on that one. Uh, but the NCATA National Championships were going to be at uh, in Eugene, right, at Oregon mm-hmm. this year. Yes, uh, it would have been the tenth season, the tenth year of the NCATA championship, and the very first championship. University of Oregon. So um, it was kind of, it was going to be quite the sentimental one because we should have at that point um, just received the division one vote to be an NCAA sport. So would have been like that storybook, um, but we'll just wait till next year for the storybook. Good. Will the championship be in Oregon again next year? Just kind of paused. You know, everything is just paused as you could imagine as everything else is. And, and um, every school I think right now is just waiting to see, uh, what the next couple months bring, what happens with football, what happens with fall classes. So um, Oregon, the University of Oregon would like to, per our last uh, organizational meeting, would like to host, but is waiting to see um, when football will be played. <laughs> so, I mean, that was, you never know, right? Like uh, uh, what's going to happen. So potentially at the University of Oregon next year, which would be great. I mean, they, they would do a good job hosting. No Baylor, but we'll do a good job. I think most of our listeners know you're uh, you're in your sixth year here at Baylor, five years before that at Oregon, and five national championships at Oregon, five or four, right? Four at four, Oregon. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. four at Oregon, five at Baylor, and so every national championship that's been won in the sport. Uh, Felicia Mulkey has been the head coach <laughs> of that team. Um, and like you, you were saying, you you felt good about this team, the upward trajectory of this year's Baylor team. We did, you know, it, it started out um, not bad, just interesting. We had only 11 juniors and seniors this year uh, and 45 people on our team, I think at the beginning of the year and only 11 juniors and seniors, the rest of the team were freshmen and sophomores. So our fall was interesting. Um, and it, but it was, it was fun to watch um, 
some some sophomores that had not stepped up as freshmen because they didn't need to. You know, they had those those seniors that were there to watch these people step into these new roles. And we had really just turned a corner right before um, everything ended. And it was very exciting, you know, championship or not at the end of that year, uh, the celebration would have been just what they did in such, you know, such a short time. And um, I think the Gannon meet Gannon university, we competed against them here in Waco um, right before we took off for spring break. And um, that's really when you, when you saw everything turn the corner and we were just so thrilled. And uh, we competed against Presbyterian college out in South Carolina at the beginning of our spring break. And um, get the team got an unprecedented four days off in the middle of the season. So we were all excited to come back and get back at it on uh, that Sunday and finish out our season. And then that's when everything kind of stopped and got, got postponed a little bit and then stopped altogether. So um, yeah, the story of this year was just the growth in such a short time. It was going to be really exciting to see what would happen. I am, um, you know, looking forward to the fall. I'm just, now they're hungry. So everybody needs to look out because now they've had a taste of it and they're ready to go. It's neat to see not only your team grow, but the sport grow. But before we dive into that, I am dying to know how you came up with this sport and kind of, you know, how it all came to be. And, and even what were you doing before this? People might not know that. Oh, Brooke, we could go on for days. But <laughs> I'll try to give you the Reader's Digest version. So, um, what seems like in another lifetime, I was the marketing director for the athletic department at Kennesaw State University in uh, right just north of Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, and um, I was the cheerleading coach there, So, um, which did not fit with my personality at all. No offense to cheerleaders in the world. It's awesome. I'm just not a good cheerleading coach. And I remember when he gave me that job, my athletic director, and he would tell you this uh, now, but he said... Um, hey, I'm going to let you be the cheerleading coach. I'm going to pay you $50 extra a month. And if I hear from one parent, you're fired. So <laughs> that's how my coaching career kind of started. Um, but anyway, he, you know, what I did there at Kennesaw, I had no idea how to coach a cheerleading team. So I just recruited all these gymnasts and I didn't really know much about being a sideline coach. So um, I taught them how to heckle. So we didn't have a football team. So our team was, uh, we'd stand on the sidelines at the basketball games and heckle the other team. We'd get a scouting report before to know what, and I, we got to talk to our spirit squad at Baylor, make sure they don't do this. So no one gets in trouble. <laughs> um, we got in trouble. We got technical fouls. Our cheerleading team got technical fouls. Uh, yeah, this is my history. So, you know, there was a letter written from our biggest rival in the, um, in the conference at the time, and he wrote a letter to the conference commissioner. He said, it is unfair to play basketball at Kennesaw State University. Uh, their cheerleading team has too much of an impact on the game. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> they, and they really created a monster because it wasn't like I was going to quit then. But, um, you know, moral of that is I, I wanted to be involved in athletics. I wanted to coach. I didn't really, you know, uh, know much about um, cheerleading and what it was, but I love the skill set. I love the team camaraderie. Um, I did not like the support piece of it. That wasn't my personality, the, the pom-poms and all of that kind of thing, um, which I think it's wonderful. I think that's a wonderful outlet and a great opportunity um, for young women and young men. We have, you know, men and women on our spirit and traditions program here at Baylor. Um, and they do more work than anybody, I think, in my opinion. But, you know, that wasn't my thing. So anyway, I um, 
there was this movement that happened and it started at the University of Maryland. Debbie Yao was the athletic director at the time and she had taken her, uh, the portion of, of her all-girl cheer team and had made it into a sport. And, um, and the reason she did that, from what I hear, is that uh, many of their members on their cheer team were actually people that had tried to be on their gymnastics team, but the roster wasn't large enough. So you ended up with all these gymnasts on the, and so Debbie Yao was like, these women are ridiculous athletes. This is a sport. But what she didn't do is she didn't change, she didn't change anything about it. She just left it all the same. And so people were super confused about it. So I think it was in 2007, the end of 2007, the University of Oregon um, announced that they were going to bring back baseball. And they had dropped baseball, I think, in the 80s. I may have my date wrong on that. Um, but they were at the same time going to bring in competitive cheer. And if you've been at Baylor, John, you'll probably remember back in the day when they first started acrobatics and tumbling, it was announced as competitive cheer. Right. And so um, the University of Oregon did the same thing. So my, I was ready to get out of coaching cheerleading because it wasn't my thing. And so I had decided to go to law school. So I was like, all right, last ditch effort. I'm going to law school in the, in the fall. Um, if I can't get my athletic director to do what they were doing at Maryland. So I did this proposal. Um, this is what Maryland has done. This is what Oregon is doing. And this is what Kennesaw State can do. And during that research, I called the University of Oregon and um, the deputy AD at the time, Renee Baumgartner, who doesn't answer her own phone, answered the phone. And I didn't know who she was. I was just talking and just being this naive, like, hey, so could you tell me about budgeting and facilities? And I'm gathering all this information for my proposal for Kennesaw State. And at the end of our conversation, I said to her, do you mind giving me your head coach's contact information? I would like to know from their perspective, because see what they did at Maryland is they didn't really separate the teams and, and separate anything. So I thought they already had the coach on staff. And I said, would you mind giving me the coach's uh, contact information? And she said, oh, we don't have a coach. We're doing a national search. And I said, immediately, I didn't think anything about having that job. I just said, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for doing that. You really legitimized this in this process. I, I really appreciate you doing that. And she goes, yeah, um, so if this doesn't work out at Kennesaw, maybe you should apply for Oregon. Yeah. And <laughs> so I truly called my, I called my brother and said, um, hey, so I just talked to this lady from Oregon. I really did not know if Oregon was like right above California or if it was the one closer to Canada. I just knew it was out there. Didn't travel a lot back then. And um, I called my brother and he was like, yeah, I mean, the only thing he could give me was that he knew the Grateful Dead played in Autzen Stadium. So he was like, you should probably go. So, I mean, take from that what you will. Nice. So <laughs> I, that was the, so I applied, I sent in my resume, continued, and of course went to my boss at Kennesaw at the time and gave him my proposal and he said no. And um, so I was ready for law school, applied at Oregon and here, you know, at the time and went on to our national championship, which was held in Daytona beach. And at the, that championship, there's a preliminary day. And then if you make it through that, you go to finals. Well, Back then, I had a little flip phone, not an iPhone, and I didn't carry it with me all the time. Times have changed in the past 11 years. And I had left that phone in my hotel room. So my team competes in prelims, and I come out of um, come out of prelims, go back to the room, and I had a message on my phone, and it was Renee Baumgartner from Oregon. She says, 
Felicia, hi, this is Renee. I spoke to you. I'm from Oregon. I am here um, in Daytona and I just saw your team compete and I would like to speak with you. So the next morning before finals, I met Renee Baumgartner at a Starbucks um, in Daytona Beach and I knew immediately I wanted to work for her. I knew immediately we were going to change the face of college athletics in our mind and I knew that we were going to create this opportunity. We talked about um, how the skill set was so important, but if we didn't change it, we were, it was going to shift opportunities or take the place. And we didn't, we didn't want to do anything to um, the existing cheerleading structure. We didn't want to do anything to the existing gymnastics structure. And we just pulled the skill set, the athletic gymnastics skill set back out of cheer and some of the skills from gymnastics that, and there are like 8 million women right now training this skill set in the country. And we pulled it into this and we created a collegiate sport that would fit into any, any university in the country. We didn't know all that on the first day. We just knew we were going to do it. And so two weeks later, um, or actually that next week, I flew to Oregon for an interview. And then uh, two or three weeks later, they flew me back out for a press conference. And then later in the summer, I got in the car with my two wiener dogs and we drove across the country to live in Oregon. Uh, I had no idea what I was getting into. I had no, um, you know, my, my family was in Georgia. I had nobody in Oregon. I just knew in my heart, there was no, you know, people have asked me, why would you do that? And you just, I just knew that what, this was special. This was a great opportunity. And when we got out to Oregon, you know, we did, it wasn't acrobatics and tumbling immediately. Oregon immediately changed the name to stunts and gymnastics because the first, we wanted to create something new. It, it, this wasn't taking something that was already there. So when I got out to Oregon, I had a year of recruiting. And so um, I spent a lot of that time talking to people and recruiting, going, going everywhere and going, hey, come be a duck. I don't know what we're going to do. It's going to be awesome. I learned how to be a really great recruiter with nothing really, I mean, other than Oregon to recruit to. I didn't, they didn't know what they were going to be doing. But um, I did research on planes. You know, I would sit next to people and go, hey, so what do you think of when, you, when I say this word? And I would say cheerleading. And they would say my grandma and saddle experts, you know, or whoever you talk to. Because what we wanted to do was leave cheer as it was, because it's wonderful, and leave gymnastics as it was. And we wanted to change it. So um, the way, fun story, the way the uniforms came about, um, that one of the things we wanted to do was change the look. And so when I, you know, Oregon's a big Nike school. So when I sat down, Renee took me and we sat at this cafe across from all these three Nike people. I was so intimidated. Todd Van Horn, if you've ever heard his name. And they were like, uh, here are your uniforms. And it's this beautiful presentation, as you can imagine, Nike. And they were really nice cheerleading uniforms. Oh. <laughs> and I remember thinking, uh, an internal dialogue, speak now or keep your mouth shut for four years because we got new uniforms every four years. So I just took a deep breath and kind of word vomited and told Todd my, I was like, Todd, we can't have these. And I'm so sorry. And you know, I, we're really trying to do something new. We really just want this to be special. It's all about opportunities for women, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he, the, the, Todd takes notes by drawing. So he was just drawing the whole time. And I think it was about two weeks later, he came back with another amazing presentation, which is what is now our uniforms. Wow. And so I got on the phone and called, because Baylor had started, they had announced by then, but they hadn't hired their coach at this point, I think is how it was. And um, I got on the phone with all the other coaches and I was like, you guys, look, this is what Nike just said. This is what we need to do. 
And uh, Nike only makes those uniforms specifically for Oregon, but everyone else went out that year and purchased those uniforms. So that is how our uniforms became that. Um, and then the way the, um, the, the meat itself came to fruition was that it's just the skill sets. These are the things that these young women are training their entire lives. And we tried to look at it through all lenses, um, from the student athlete lens, what's safe, what's fun. From the administrator lens, what's smart, you know, um, from the spectator lens, what's fun to watch. And we wanted to make it TV ready from the beginning. So um, we took this fun team event thing that we have, this group at the end, and and we pulled all the skills out. out. So if you sit back and look at a meet, you note, you see everything in small groups leading up to the end. So you can see in the small groups how difficult and how, <laughs> what they have to do. I mean, they make it look easy, but it's like feats of strength and balance and stuff that they do. And then at the end, you see all of that packaged together, synchronized and put to music. So we kind of just broke it out so it would build up. Um, so anyway, yeah, in that time, um, created the scoring system, which is continuing to evolve, um, created a 501c3, which is the National Collegiate Acrobatics and Tumbling Association, so we are the only sport um, besides football that was created specifically at the collegiate level and is trickled down. Um, and the only sport that was created for women by women, which not to make it a feminist thing, but think about it. Think of another sport that doesn't have a male counterpart. I don't know. And there may be one. I just haven't, I can't think of it. So we are, we don't have a male counterpart. This was truly um from the beginning, we created it to create opportunities for women that were not already there, not to shift them, not to make it an easy, you know, Title IX thing, anything. It was really, really from um, the ground up. And that's why I'm so proud of it. It really was about creating that piece of it for them. So I don't know if that answers your question, Brooke, but that's where I came from. And then no, it did. I loved it. I love hearing about that. No, no, it's it's a great history from you who were, were there at the beginning or really before the beginning. I mean, when people refer to you as a pioneer in this sport, <laughs> I think I think I know your reaction to that term pioneer, but it's but it's absolutely true, you know, to start it from ground zero below ground zero to where it is. We understand why you were so excited about the tenth anniversary of the championships this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we should give a shout out to Nancy Post. She was there too um, when all of this started. She was part of that first group and, and um, in all of those meetings when we were trying to figure out a name, what, what do you name it? I remember this one athletic director from, I think it was Quinnipiac University at the time goes, it's like a baby, name it and that's its name. So uh, acrobatics and tumbling once. Here for you, your family, and our community, Alan Samuels is open for business. Shop safely in our showroom. Our service and parts departments are open. There's free pickup and delivery for all service work, all safely sanitized when returned. We'll even deliver test drive vehicles to your home or office. Shop and buy totally online at alansamuelsdcj.com. We're ready to help. Always your friend in the car business. Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. 
Bentwood Realty is a full-service real estate firm with more than 70 high-achieving agents who desire to make a positive impact in their local communities. Their agents stay actively involved in all buying, selling, and investing real estate transactions to make sure their clients receive the utmost level of service. Established in 2011 by brokers Kim Galvan and Rick Hines, both proud Baylor alumni, call Bentwood Realty today, 254-300-4800. They're at 601 Lake Air Drive in Waco and Bentwood realty.com now back to the sikkim podcast presented by your friend in the car business alan samuels dodge chrysler jeep ram fiat we're visiting with felicia mulkey baylor's acrobatics and tumbling head coach you talked earlier about the uh the situation in march y'all had a meet early in the week of spring break you come back home i guess give them a few days off and and lo and behold a few days off turns into where we are now, two months away, uh, how are you staying in contact with your student-athletes? Oh, I'm a Zoom a- expert. I'm sure we all have Zoom experts. Um, but we, you know, t- try to be in touch with them as much as possible at first and then give them their space. We have quite the village here at Baylor, as you know. So um, if they're not in touch with us, they're in touch with the academic coach or um, on Sikkim Talks on Tuesday with Corey Pinkett and um, so just trying to stay in contact and keep everyone engaged, but doing that through, you know, zoom meetings and, uh, we put them in, in smaller groups at one point and the way we finished out our season, um, the Monday after what would have been our national championship, we had a big team meeting and they had gotten into groups and finished out the season via video remotely. And we presented it, um, on, on our team meeting. It was hilarious. So um, we, it was hard to do. We put them in little, they call themselves factions. So I think that's from the Thunder Games. That was their term. Um, but it was really, it was fun. And, you know, that was the way, what an interesting way to end the season, but we got a few laughs and, and I think everybody, you know, it's the best we could do. Fortunately for you, you mentioned the youth of your team and how you got to see them step up and they'll all be back next year, but it had to have been bittersweet for your seniors, the, the, f- the few that you had. And uh, just talk about the impact that they had on your program, not only on Baylor's program, but like you said, this is an evolving sport and they got to be a part of that. Yeah, this was a great class. We, we only had six seniors, one of which was a junior who graduated early, which happens a little bit on our team. They're such smart young ladies, but um, yeah, this was a great, great group. And um what I loved about them this year was their selfless leadership. You know, they had been, they came in with a class, I think of 12 or 13 and, and um, ended with five of that original class. And then Morgan Kellen had moved up, um, had seen some attrition for one reason or another. And just, they were very united as a, as a group and not, I would say this wasn't the most verbal of leadership groups and that's okay. And I tell my team that that's okay. This group led by example to the nth degree and the turning point in our year, and I told them this on our last meeting, our, one of our last calls that we have, but the turning point in our year was one day as we were kind of storming, figuring out where everybody fit in, the seniors, a few of the seniors came to me, what can we do? And I said, well, you know, people don't want to step on the seniors toes and they were like, coach B, whatever it takes whatever it takes. So we had a team meeting that day at the beginning and the senior spoke up and said, you know, encourage the sophomores to speak up, encourage the juniors to speak up, 
steps back and they're, you know, they're going to speak up if they need to. They're, uh, the seniors would say what they needed to say, but they were more of let's grind this out and lead by example. So the, a turning point in the year was their selfless leadership. They didn't need this. They didn't need the stats. They didn't need the title. They didn't need that. They just wanted what was best for the team. So with them just encouraging their team around them, that, that that's what will um, stand out to me about this particular senior class is just the outward selfless leadership um, and, and knowing how to follow as well as how to lead. Uh, it, was, it was fantastic. So we have, I don't know if she's announced, but we have one senior that um, is going to come back. So I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it or when Rachel's going to release that, but we do have one that's decided to come back and I'm really excited for her. Well, we can leave it as a surprise. Yeah, it'll be but, a surprise. Yeah, <laughs> but we're happy to hear that that one is coming back. What's your recruiting base? Where do you find uh, – what's the background of your student-athletes that end up in the A&T program here at Baylor? That's one of the great things I think about um, the sport is the recruiting brace, base is so broad. So people ask – they immediately think, well, is there high school acrobatics and tumbling? Um, which is a narrow, a narrow focus, in my opinion. And I'm always excited to point out, no, thank goodness, because our base, our recruiting base is bigger than football. It's huge. So we're recruiting from artistic gymnastics. We're recruiting from acrobatic gymnastics, which is Cirque du Soleil. You know, we're recruiting from um, uh, trampoline and tumbling. Uh, trampoline is in, in the Olympics. We're recruiting from um, cheerleading, competitive cheerleading. So all over, all over the map, I think about our team is a little is probably 50 50 or shouldn't say that 50 gymnastics 50 uh cheer background but then what you find with cheer is a lot of times those athletes started out in gymnastics anyway so um we recruit from i mean it's it's a huge recruiting base all over the country and we're it's been interesting we've already signed our class but i'm watching the other schools in the ncata um that are building building programs right now. I follow them all on social media and they're just recruiting like crazy during this pandemic. <laughs> I, I mean, signing folks right and left, which is wonderful. And it just shows you the interest in the sport. Um, you know, we have 40, I think we'll have 47 on our roster for next year. There's enough people training enough young women training in the sport right now. We could fill a roster on every campus. So one thing we've heard you mention a lot is how much you enjoy going to gyms across the country and just educating on this sport, which in turn is recruiting for you. Uh, but how do you find yourself balancing the responsibilities as a su successful head coach with the girls that you have right here while also continuing to pioneer and build this sport into what it is? I just have two different hats and I'm pretty good at putting the switching my hats out, my NCATA hat and my, uh, my head coach hat. Um, I think one thing that helps me too is our team knows the part they're playing in history and they understand the big picture. So they realize that everything that I do and that our staff does um, nationally for the NCATA is part is just part of their job too. And what they're doing. I think it's, I love hearing, um, our, our athletes, our seniors in their senior spotlight this year, a lot of them thanked Baylor and then they thanked the NCATA for this opportunity. And I thought that was re really cool. They understood. And, and I think that helps me being able to educate them about what we, what we're doing and what we're done in their pioneers. I think it helps me be able to put that other hat on and go out and, um, and continue to grow the sport. I mean, I want to keep winning. So I would like to keep winning when there's, you know, 50, 60, 100 teams. So that's my goal is um, 
to continue to grow it and then also to continue to be successful. So keeps me busy. If you need a trailer, Flat Rock Trailers has got you covered. From light-duty single-axle utility trailers to the big text tandem duels. We also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers. Need a motorcycle trailer? We've got them. Need a dump trailer? We've got the largest selection in the state. Oil field trailers? We carry a full line of big text trailers to handle all your needs. Trailer repairs? We repair all makes and models. We'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day. Flat Rock Trailers, your number one source for all your trailer needs. Find us at flatrocktrailers.com. Relationships, community, home. Now more than ever, these are the things that we're holding fast to. Home should restore us from today and ready us for tomorrow. It's where stories are told and relationships are forged. Within those walls, memories are made, laughter is shared, and family is gathered around the table. For these reasons, we believe in home and that right now there is no better place to be. If you and your family are looking to buy or sell a home, head over to magnoliarealty.com. Magnolia is a proud sponsor of Baylor Athletics. Visiting with Felicia Mulkey, Baylor's acrobatics and tumbling head coach, and you mentioned the NCATA, the National Collegiate Acrobatics and Tumbling Association, uh, Janelle Cook, and, and the great work that they have done. But now moving forward, and, and Division Two and Division Three already approved for NCAA status and uh, merging sports status for Division One. Tell us, uh, walk us through those steps to get where you are now, and then what's coming. What are the next steps? Well. Um... Huge celebration in January when the Division Two and Three uh, voted. I was lucky enough to be there in those rooms when they were voted in. A little emotional, I will admit. That was ten years in the coming for us, and um, it was overwhelming yes votes across the board. So it was really great. Um, Division One will vote. They should have voted here in April, but because of the current situation, understandably, was postponed a little bit. Um, you know, we don't know when the vote will be. We would hope that it would be um, in August or no, 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 in June because they, they meet monthly now. So we would love for it to be sooner than later. It's non-controversial uh, legislation. And, and since Division Two and Three have already voted it in, that will become effective August the 1st, 2020. So my fingers are crossed that Division One will see like, ah, oh, let's go ahead and get on. But I mean, who knows? We have a lot of things on our plate right now, a lot of big things on our plate. So when um, Division One it, it votes in, we feel really optimistic about that. We hope it's sooner than later. When that is voted in, we will be on the emerging sport list. Um, and we will be on the emerging sport list with currently 31 NCAA teams. And we have 33 schools. Um, two of them are NAIA. So for NCAA reasons, in this situation, we're talking NCAA, we have 31. Well, to become an NCAA championship sport, you have to have 40 um, teams. So we're very close to that. And had it not been for COVID-19 and everything went on, we would probably already be at 35 schools right now, if not higher than that, and would have easily reached 40 schools by Christmas. So I think we're, you know, we're, gonna, we're stalled a little bit, and that's understandable with everything that's going on. My hope is on the other side of this because of what we can bring to the universities um, in enrollment and whatnot in, in certain situations. We do have such a large roster. I hope we'll be part of the solution as a sport on campuses um, to bring those opportunities uh, for young women and, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, build enrollment and whatnot. So um, next steps for us is to continue expansion. So we're just trying to um, listening, got our ear to the ground, as does everyone else with decisions coming up and then when it's time we'll go ahead we were working with three schools um, as this all happened to announce so they were in the very 
late stages of announcements. So, um, you know, fingers crossed that that will just pick up where it left off and, and we'll keep going. So once we get to 40 schools, um, we would need 40 schools competing, um, if, if I understand it correctly, 40 schools competing for an academic year in a complete schedule. So, you know, usually you add and you have a complete year to recruit. Um, some have a half a year to recruit. So it wouldn't be just when we got to 40, it would be after 40 teams competed, NCAA, NCAA teams competed. And again, prior to everything um, that happened, we were realistically 24 months away from that. Hmm. If not That's less. great news. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about getting acrobatics and tumbling to these other schools. That's a process. Those are conversations that you're having with athletic directors all across the country. We've kind of talked about, you know, how you didn't want to shift the roles. You wanted to create something new. You've talked about how it's a unique sport and comes and pulls athletes from cheerleading and gymnastics, divers, etc. Um, but right now, something that everyone, all schools are kind of talking about is budgeting and financial aspects. So how does acrobatics and tumbling play into financial situations? It, it's fairly financially friendly, correct? Mm-hmm. It is fiscally responsible. Is <laughs> how, uh, yeah. So um, when we, there's no need for a new facility when you add acrobatics and tumbling at universities. Uh, you can sh- use a shared facility which is great budget-wise. A lot of times when you're looking at a new sport, you have to build a new facility. So it's um, budget, budget uh, uh, facilities-wise as friendly. Um, and then equipment needed is, is not a ton of equipment. You're looking at 13 two-inch foam bonded mats. So just the equipment needed and whatnot. When I go out and talk to athletic directors, a lot of times I will get, um, well, what's the catch? Because they hear this large roster size, it truly meets interest and abilities of this 8 million young women right now. You know, what's the catch? And, and it doesn't cost an arm and leg. And I think that's the, the beauty of it for me is while my reason for doing all this is passion, someone else's reason for adding it may be different. And that's okay. It meets those needs across the board. So um, I just think the startup cost is really low and, and the need for facilities uh, you know, keeps, keeps the cost low as well. And then for a university, um, you're bringing in, it's an equivalency sport. So you're bringing in 40 plus student athletes to the university. Well, and the season is at a good time too. It's, it's not mm-hmm. definitely not overlapping very much. So with other sports that would be using those facilities, mm-hmm. we did that purposely too. Um, so that we could coexist with, you know, fall would have been tough, right? With uh, even with our training schedule, but it would have been tough because of volleyball and basketball in the arena. So, and that's that's what you see at most universities across the board is you have that one arena with volleyball and basketball. And there are some schools like us eventually will have those two different ones, but most share. So it was smarter to have it in the spring season, um, and as that, and you know, finishing up as basketball after basketball finishes up. Do you have a ready-made packet of information or video that when a school expresses the slightest bit of interest, hey, we've got this we can get in your hands. Uh, do you have yes. that sitting there ready to go? <laughs> yes, a separate one for Division One, Two, II, and Three. And you know okay. I'm persistent, John, so I'm on it when I find out that people are, are looking. Yes, uh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brooke has actually been wonderful. She was helping the NCATA with the video and had put some stuff together at the beginning of the summer for us and, and Baylor uh, vision and Baylor itself uh, was just uh, gracious enough last year when we held the championship here 
to agree to help with some video footage so that we can put something together so that we can send out something. Because, you know, what I send out right now is just those highlight videos that Baylor Vision does for us, which is wonderful. After each meet, we have those highlight videos, and they're great. Uh, we, we are now trying to do a, something where it has a little bit more explanation so we can say all of the things I just said to you about adding the sport and what's wonderful about it, that could be easily accessed on a video. Um, something Because, you know, people's attention spans are different. You have those folks that will read four pages of email. John, are you one of those, or do you need some quick bullet points? I'm a bullet point person myself. Bullet points are good. I'm yeah. all for you. <laughs> okay, so, yes, to answer your question, I have everything ready. So if anybody needs any information. And do you, uh, obviously, if somebody inquires about it, you've got that ready to go. But do you push that out maybe? to you, Do you identify some schools and maybe push it out whether they've expressed interest or not? A little nudge nudge. I do. Yes, I absolutely. I do a lot of outreach. Um, I've been careful about that during this time of year because everybody has so many things on their plate that it's, it's just, you know, I almost feel like it's too much. You know, and they a bigger fish to fry right now. Um, but absolutely, I do a lot of outreach. I go to... Um, NCAA conventions, uh, the NACTA, which is the um, athletic directors convention, and host different events at those things uh, just to make contact and whatnot. So, yep, I'm out there running my mouth. That's why That's why they keep me around because I just talk a lot. Well, you're the perfect person for that for a lot of reasons, <laughs> one of which is uh, that your coaching tree is really impressive. Uh, coaches that are now in the sport coaching acrobatics and tumbling that competed for you or coached with you, uh, you've got to be proud of that. I am. You know, I'm proud of those individuals and just the fact that in doing all of creating this sport and doing it the right way for the right reasons – we created these competitive opportunities, but we also created career opportunities that weren't there 11 years ago. And I don't even know the number right now of my athletes that are out there coaching. Um, there's a lot of them, <laughs> but um, I, I love the fact that, you know, um, that this is now out there as a career for them and they get the opportunity and I hope they're doing it for the right reasons too, but to impact young women and, and, maybe create more coaches down the road so the tree will keep growing. But I am extremely proud of them. Our most recent um, coach was uh, Shayla Moore, just became the head coach at Emanuel College in Georgia. Um, <clears throat> here in Texas, Courtney Pates, the head coach at Mary Harden Baylor. Um, my two assistant coaches are my former athletes, one from the University of Oregon and Kelsey, Kelsey Rowell, and then uh, two-time All-American here at Baylor, Kaylin Cowan. So, um I uh, am lucky to have those two on, on staff. And then there's too many other ones. If I tried to name them all, I would miss them. <coughs> Excuse me, but tons out there. Relationships, community, home. Now more than ever, these are the things that we're holding fast to. Home should restore us from today and ready us for tomorrow. It's where stories are told and relationships are forged. Within those walls, memories are made, laughter is shared, and family is gathered around the table. For these reasons, we believe in home and that right now there is no better place to be. If you and your family are looking to buy or sell a home, head over to magnoliarealty.com. Magnolia is a proud sponsor of Baylor Athletics. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa wraps on there, the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. 
Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. Next in line. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Bednars and John Morris. Well, I know that we're all looking forward to when things get back to normal. We're missing sports right now. Uh, but for your sport in particular, it's something that there's a lot of people here who maybe haven't even been introduced to acrobatics and tumbling. And so they don't even know necessarily what they're missing out on yet. So what would you say to, to those people when everything gets back to normal and we eventually, you know, get to hit the mats again? Um, what would you say to them and why should they come out and be introduced to your sport? I say the same thing every time, but if you have not seen it and you're a Baylor fan, you should come number one to support Baylor. But number two, you'll love it. And you'll come back. If you don't, if you have zero idea what's coming, going on, come and watch it. It's an hour and a half of your day. Come and watch it, bring some friends, get some popcorn and you will be entertained. And plus, um, what a cool thing to support uh, history in the making as we continue to grow. You know, Baylor has been a pioneer and a change agent in the sport. Baylor is, is one of six schools that saw it for what it was in the beginning. And I just think, you know, I Baylor family, Baylor Nation as a whole should grab onto that and um, own the fact that it we are the standard. We Baylor is the reason now that the sport is growing and, and come out and support those young ladies and be a part of that, be a part of history. Well, and I think what you usually say that you didn't say here was you'll refund their money if they. Oh, John, absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. If they, that goes they without saying, enjoy. if you do not, well, a lot of times it's dollar day anyway, so I can. That's right. Afford that, but yeah, if you don't like it, call me, send me an email. I'll just send your money back. Well, and I would echo what you said. If somebody will just give it a chance, they'll come. There's an education process there in the arena so folks know, oh, okay, I, I see what you're looking for, what the judges are looking for. If they just come, they'll be hooked. Mm-hmm. And John is part of the education process for everyone listening. He, it's his voice. <laughs> you come and listen. He explains it to you. He's an expert. Uh, yes, I read the script very well. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I do, but it is fun. And it, it's, uh, you're a great part of our athletic department, you know, the acrobatics and tumbling part of that. Is there any misconception that you hear from people that's out there, a major misconception about the sport? Some people still think it's competitive cheer. Um, that I do hear that quite a bit. Um, and, you know, understandably so, that was the name in the beginning. But if you've ever seen competitive cheer, what we do is not competitive cheer. So it's share some of the skill sets. That's probably a misconception. Um, I don't know, but there's, I don't know. You guys tell me from the outside, is there, that's the biggest one I hear is, is this the same thing as the cheerleading team? And I'm like, no, good grief. They're way busier than I am. Our spirit traditions program, man. I don't know how they do everything they do. So, um, but they are, uh, you know, it's a different skill set. It's a similar skill set, but almost a different mindset, not in a bad way, um, from those two things. And then gymnastics, people sometimes think, you know, that we could be confused with gymnastics. Come and see that. You're not going to confuse us at all. <laughs> There's some fantastic tumbling, but you're not going to confuse us at all. I remember when I first went to my first meet, I had no idea what to expect, and my jaw dropped. Uh, I was stunned by just a the stunts and the strength that these women have, but it was so fun to watch. And so I, I can't recommend it enough. I tell everyone, Hey, you should, I might be working the event, but you should come watch. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're, they're crazy strong. Those, uh, we have two right now training for the Olympics and Olympic weightlifting. So 
they, and thanks to Baylor for that opportunity and getting them ready for that. But wow, they are, their strength amazes me every year. Well, this is kind of a, a staple for our podcast here as we wrap things up and uh, thank you for your time and just sharing the, the history of this sport and how it's continuing to grow. But uh, we would like to know what you're looking forward to most when everything goes back to normal and Baylor athletics returns. Gosh, seeing everybody face to face, I think, and being, I'm a, I like, I like to chat if you haven't been able to tell that. So, and then I'm just looking forward to being in my, my living room, our living room. We call our, our Mars McLean gem is our living room. I don't know what it is to everyone else in the world, but it's our living room. It's where our safe space for our team. And um, I, I can't tell you how many text messages I've received from athletes just saying, can't wait to be back in the living room, Coach B. So for me, it's just being in that space with them, sharing that with them. And if, if when we get to compete, that'll be icing on the cake. I just need my people back. Very nice. Well, it's great to visit with you. Uh, the Wiener Dogs were very well behaved during this <laughs> yes. session. Felix is uh, Felix the cat, but uh-huh. he is a Wiener Dog. Uh-huh. He's here asleep right now on my little couch. So he's been, yeah, he's doing well. Very good. If, well, thanks if this for your were time. visual, John. He could make an, a cameo. But. Uh, <laughs> we'll save that for another time. We'll, yeah, we'll save that. <laughs> Great to visit with you. Thank you very much for your time. Our best to Miguel, and uh, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thank you guys. All right, appreciate it. Felicia Mulkey, Baylor Acrobatics and Tumbling Head Coach, the five-time defending national champions in the sport here at Baylor. Thanks for being with us today. For Brooke Bednarz, I'm John Morris. Thanks for tuning in to our Sikkim Podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco. Online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.